May the Christ who reigns be with you. Let us pray. Living Christ, fully God, fully human, fully other, fully the same. Your presence at the right hand of the Father is the fulfillment of your promise that you would live in us by your Spirit. Transform us again as we hear your story. Teach us again what we are invited to become. Make us yours in word and in deed to fulfill your heart's desire and for the sake of your reputation. Amen. Milestones. Uh, Those moments in time at which we mark some special point in our development. Some sort of turning point which could be more tangible. It could be more felt. It could be both. Milestone moments are marked in many different ways. And let me share with you a few milestone stories from my own life to illustrate what I mean. Uh, Sometimes milestones are beautiful moments full of joy and celebration. In 2010, I had the opportunity to be with an aunt, my grandfather's sister, uh, who was celebrating her 90th birthday. She was very much our matriarch, deeply respected and honored in our family. And one of the most sacrificial people I have ever known. After such a long life of giving, it was so fitting that she be celebrated. The arrangement, of course, was for everyone to be uh, present before she arrived at the community hall where her daughter had arranged a surprise birthday party for her. And when she entered the room, her look was first bewilderment and then joy as she drank in the presence of those to whom she had given so much and by whom she was so admired. Sometimes milestones are marked by a sense of quiet reflection. Dawn was kind enough to announce that I've recently reached a milestone in my life. And I'm grateful for the family and the close friends and the people in this community who have been excited for me and have congratulated me. But I confess that I haven't personally felt that much excitement per se. For me, this is more of a time to reflect on the opportunities that I've had so far, what God is doing in my life, to begin thanking those people who have joined in this part of my journey. I feel happy, but not party hat and streamers happy, just a sense that things are as they should be and that my faith lives in ways that are new.
Sometimes milestones are not looked on with much excitement. Sometimes they mark moments or come with feelings we'd rather not experience. Feelings that are uncomfortable. That bring questions. Disappointments. Strangeness. I remember experiencing an emotional crisis when I was approaching my 30th birthday. I don't know for sure, but the crisis may have begun when uh, I was visiting my father's office at the time. He kept some mementos on his, uh, on his filing cabinet, including a, a photograph of me. And this particular day, as I was walking by the filing cabinet and saw my photo, I realized that the person in the photo no longer looked like the person I saw in the mirror. Most notably, the large quaff of thick, curly hair on my head in the photo was no longer present in the mirror. Use your imaginations. Unlike now, there was still hair, but it was much thinner and too short to be curly. And observing my change of appearance was something that made me start to ask all the classic questions. What have I done with my life so far? What have I contributed to the world? Can I live with my failures and my doubts and my regrets? Milestones mark all sorts of things. But one thing they almost invariably have in common is transition. Transitions in work, in role, in marital status, in family, in body, and in soul in life and in death. As we come to the end of the Easter season, we mark a transition, a milestone, one which I've often not paid attention to. For some some congregations, the ascension of Christ is a milestone in the Christian calendar, and for those who follow Jesus a milestone in the story of God. Today, our texts from Luke and Acts tell us stories of the disciples and some early Christians and their experience of Jesus' ascension. Of course, the story can raise all sorts of questions. What did the people in the story actually see? Where did Jesus actually go? Since we can't talk about all of that in the next few minutes, we'll leave the metaphysical questions aside. Maybe we can talk about that in the chat afterwards. But I have been thinking about why this story really matters and what matters about it. Why does scripture talk of Jesus leaving and what difference does that make for us? Well, there are a few things we might note. It does indeed mark a transition, a milestone. 
It's one we might think about with varied emotions. If we've thought about it at all, perhaps it's a little bit sad or strange or bewildering. We might ask, what's good about this? What's good about Jesus leaving earth? Why is the story even in the Bible? And the answers to our questions may not immediately be evident. And yet, underneath, this is a story of hopeful and joyful challenge. Because though it may seem mysterious or like a story that puts Christ into a realm that isn't accessible to us, that it somehow moves God a bit farther away, nothing could be farther from the truth of the ascension. So what does the story offer us? And what does it call us to? In the ascension, the saving grace of God is moved along its intended course. Jesus' ascension helped to remind the disciples that the promises God makes, God keeps. Christ had promised the Spirit as a gift from the Father, a gift that would shape them like Christ and make them instruments of healing and love in the world around them. In Luke, Christ shares with the disciples that he must go so that the Spirit can come. In Christ's ascension, God keeps God's promise to live in our hearts. And this promise is no less true for us. The same God now lives with and in us. And we are invited to follow with Christ's spirit in our hearts. The ascension of Jesus also reminds us to engage in an important spiritual practice. We're living in a time during which people are separated and divided in all sorts of ways. We're not as safe as we would like to be. We're not as equal as we would like to be. Not as kind as we would like. Not as selfless as we would like. And those realities are things that we sometimes just dismiss as facts of life. Some call them freedom. But deep down, we can be unsettled by the world we are a part of. We know we could be better to each other. And we want to see goodness lived out. And it can be a challenge to detect God's goodness and grace and to see goodness in others. And so the ascension of Jesus that marks a change in how God is present with us reminds us to practice tuning ourselves to the unseen goodness of God. To learn to detect ever more fully God's presence and blessing around us, 
even when it's hard to notice. Most often, to me, these ideas seem quite fanciful. They seem distant. Because it's easy to say that God keeps God's promises and that we find in Christ the source of all unseen goodness. And yet, it is hard to dial into those things. Hard to feel them. Hard to believe them. Because they don't always seem real. They don't always seem to connect to our experience of life. Our experience of humanity. The reality is that there is that tension in a life of following Jesus. It is a tension we live with and perhaps don't ever truly resolve. But during our moments of doubt, we might do well to remember this. The ascension of Jesus is not just a God story. It's a human story. We have a deep existential connection to Jesus' ascension. Because the Christ who has ascended is not only fully God. The Christ who has ascended, like us, is also fully human. Christ has taken on what we are. His ascension to God in a spiritual sense is our ascension to God. The ascended Christ is not a spiritualized idea that makes Christ something more distant from us. Gregory of Nazianzus, one of the early church fathers, made a point of this. Along with full divinity, Christ remains fully human. We have Jesus, united with God in divinity and united with us in our humanity. The humanity we experience with all of its joy and all of its reflection and all of its tension and disappointment is in God. And in the presence of God. How much closer to God does this make us? Christ ascended, fully God, and yet still fully human, fully embodied, living for us. Perhaps it seems ironic. This transition, perhaps one of the greatest in human history, this transition in which Jesus in one sense leaves earth, draws us even closer to the God who loves the world. And it also reminds us to continue living like Christ the one who came to be fully human and to show us how to be fully human.
embodying God's love in the world around us. And that is the implication for us. That's what the stories may call us to. Embodiment. It can be a challenge. We can read of the disciples and the early Acts community and their zeal and their joy can seem distant because following Christ's example of embodiment requires us to muck in. Embodying Christ in the world isn't just a matter of tolerating others or meeting one need or putting a profundity about social justice on Twitter. The ascended Christ is in himself an invitation to engage deeply with our culture, to learn it, to understand it, to address with the love of God the challenges and the questions that rest in the human heart. It's long, slow work. It's ever-changing work. Mucking in changes with the times because our questions and concerns change with the times. And yet, the love and the work of Christ enable us and enliven us to learn and adapt and endure to allow history to unfold in the community of faith, knowing that in the end, our history is held in the great story of God. That Jesus is fully human in union with God is an invitation for us to fully embody God's love in the world. And so in the midst of an individualistic culture in which we prioritize self we are invited to prioritize the other. In the midst of cancel culture, where we seek to dehumanize those with whom we disagree, we are invited to actively understand and unite with the other. In the midst of deep division, we are invited to bring others together through the life of our community. Through Easter, we proclaim, Christ is risen. Let us also be a people who proclaim that Christ is ascended to God's right hand. Let us be a people who know and experience this great milestone as an ever greater closeness to our God. Let us be a people who embody the living love of Christ in the world. Amen.